also, before we start, I just had, when I was sitting there, the Lord just kind of, when we were talking about a touch of heaven, and the Lord says, yeah, you need a touch of heaven every day, because there is no goodness on the earth that all goodness comes from me. I mean, there's goodness on the earth because, because of him. But if you remove every piece of God from that, there would be no goodness. There would be no peace. There would be no health. There would be um, no freedom. There would be, you know, uh, there would be no blessing because all of that comes from God. And I thought, that's right. We need to remember that every morning we get up, we need a touch of heaven. We need to say, God, I need a touch of heaven because we are that heaven that walks around. Without believers, there wouldn't be. You can't bring heaven to earth if you don't know to go get, to, to pull that down in the spiritual, do we? If there was nobody to every day say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to live the gospel. I'm going to be kind. I'm, I'm going um, to be generous. I'm going to do all of these things. If, if everyone was just in the mindset of what, how the enemy is, is about me and selfishness and fear and pain, you know, that's why we need to go and get every morning we wake up, thank God, and say, yeah, I need a touch of heaven today, God, because I'm going to, I need it for me, because I'm going to go out and I'm going to share it. So I just, when God spoke that to me, like, yeah, you need a touch of heaven every single day. So when you wake up in the morning, remember that, like, God, I want a touch of heaven. There's peace in there. There's healing. You know, there's freedom. There's joy in that. That's what heaven, you know, there is no sorrow in that. So get your touch of heaven every morning. But all right, well, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go into a word um, about the church. So, Lord, we just thank you for uh, this great day. We just thank you that you love us. We thank you that you want good for us, that you have good things that you've prepared ahead of time for each person here, but not just here, that you have just ordained it throughout this town, community, but not even there, just throughout the earth, Lord, that you have divine appointments for people that have that know you, but then also for people that have not yet met you, Lord. So we just thank you today that people go out, you know, in your name, in your son's name, and they just um, spread the gospel. So we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Oh. So I'm going to talk about the assembly. How many of you guys know what it, We're not like an assembly, like you go to school and, you know, you throw pieces of paper at people while they're in front of you. No, I'm not talking like that. The assembly is sometimes in the Bible mentioned as the church and um, specifically like your local churches, like how we are. We are an assembly assembly of believers. And in um, Hebrews 10.25, it says, um, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as it is in a manner of some, but exhorting one another as so much the more as you see the day approaching. So basically it's saying, don't forsake the assembly because you guys are there to build each other up. You're there to encourage each other. You're there to share the word. You're there to receive the word so that you can go out with it you know there's times like I'll hear a word and then like the next week like someone will talk to me and I'm like oh this is the word they have to hear too like and I'm able to share it because it is fresh in in my mind and just hearing testimonies like okay God are you going to take care of me when we hear that God like took care of Nathan like I don't know what I'm gonna do should I stay here should I go like you know should I ask and God's like you know I'm already two steps ahead of you I've already spoke to your boss it's God's taking care of it so um 
that's what it is when we come together. We learn those things. So, and do you know that it's really hard to take care of people you don't ever see? You guys, I have friends that like Facebook friends, and you probably, I haven't seen them in years. I wouldn't know anything about them. I probably don't know what's going on in their life unless they post on Facebook, which is usually the highlights, right? Because we don't, most people do not post, I'm having a terrible day, I lost my job, all these things. You know, we usually take that to people that we have relationship with and say, I don't know what, what's going on, but all this stuff. So I just wanted to look at that and say, if we don't interact with each other, if we don't see each other, we're not going to know what's going on. We're not going to know if they need encouragement or, or um, a word because it's hard to encourage someone if you don't see them. So when I looked at that and I thought, Lord, why do I love the church so much? Like when I said it's been, I was sitting there and I'm thinking, it's been 15 years since I went this long. You know, and it's just so, I thought about how blessed, how blessed I was to have the church in that season. You know, a bad season or a bad time, the the church was there for for me to encourage, to build up, and I thought, Lord, if I had not been diligent, if I would have been, you know, oh, I'll go once a year, if I would have been a Christer, a Christmas Easter, you know, I might not have had my touch of heaven that I needed. No one, I, I, there were some people in the past few weeks, they're like, I didn't even know you were sick. I'm like, yeah, because we don't have a relationship. If you text me once every six months, I'm not going to know. You're not going to know what's going on. You know, you can't put all that in a text. And that's what I started believing, like, when people are like, well, nobody cares about me. Well, we all have lives, right? And what happens is we begin to go out and live our lives, and it's hard. If you don't see someone for weeks or months, we don't always think to stop and be like, oh, I need to ask how they're doing, or what's this, or, or what's going on. So I just wanted to encourage, like, if we, even outside the church, if we're frustrated with relationships, we need to think, how how interactive are we? We're mad because someone didn't call us and we haven't called them in a year. I mean, let's just be honest, we've all probably got butthurt about that. Why didn't they, you know, call me or why didn't they come over? Why didn't they do this? And I'm thinking, well, did you? Um, I have a lot of siblings and, and, uh, I get along with all of them, and some of them I haven't talked to in a couple years, and then I see them, and it's fine, because that's the relationship we have at that time. I mean, I was, because our age difference, and just different places in life, but you know, when things happened, they were like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on in your life, you know? And I thought, well, that, because we don't have that close relationship, and, and so, for the church, why does God say, don't forsake the assembly? Don't stop meeting together. And I don't just mean in this building. I mean meeting together at times. Sometimes you just need someone to just love you and speak the word of God over your life. And, you know, I look at Jesus. Whenever we don't know what to do, just do the things Jesus did. (laughs) He says, follow me. You play follow the leader, whatever they do. If they jump five times, you jump five times. If they go left, you f- that's what following the leader. Following, doing those things. So when we're like, I just don't know what God's saying. Well, you don't have to worry about it. If Jesus is doing it, go ahead. 
do it. He's praying for people. You know, people are getting healed and things like that. Then we can do that. Jesus is doing it. So he's a good example. But when Jesus came out with his ministry um, publicly, you know, he, he went to different men in the community and he said, hey, just leave everything and follow me. Now that looks good when you're reading it. But how many, how many, and I'm going to speak to the men because at that time women were not considered a person almost. <laughs> they were property. So that, that is, and, and something is, people are like, why didn't Jesus, you know, have women disciples? Well, because it would have been really appropriate, inappropriate because at that time when someone, when you were like a rabbi, they came and lived with you. <laughs> Um, and you went everywhere together and things like that. So there was this difference. But So it was these men, and he said, hey, drop everything you're doing, quit your job, um, you know, leave your families and follow me. How does that sound to you? How many of you guys right now be like, yeah, that's good. Like, I mean, some of you right now are thinking, I hope Sarah doesn't go long today because I got things I want to do. Right? We're like, I want to hear one hour from the word of God, and the rest of the day is mine. That's hard, but that's kind of, I get like that sometimes when Matt's speaking. I'm like, mostly because my kids are texting me like, babies are crying. Tell dad, stop, stop. You know, (laughs) it's hard. You know what? When people take care of your children, your children love you. And after about an hour and a half, they're like, you ain't my mom and nothing you can do is going to change that. I want my mom. Those of you that work nursery, we all say amen. (laughs) If you've worked nursery, you know that. There ain't nothing like mom. You can do everything exactly the same. You ain't mom. So he said, you know, take this, leave this, and these guys did. That's a pretty big deal. And they had now doing that, not only did they leave everything, now they have a giant bullseye on them, right, because they're with him. And he's walking around with that all the time. You know, because the principalities that hovered over there, they definitely were after Jesus. So you didn't just have to leave everything. They had to leave everything, and then they became a target. And um, to go out and learn how to spread the gospel, that's what they did. And they spent time together, and they knew each other. And we have the New Testament because of that. You know, because they laid down their life, they said, you know, we do want to follow you, Jesus. So sometimes I think we need to um, stop and say, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to follow Jesus. What is he doing? What type of things, what, what type of things are his character? He's giving. He's selfless. He's bold. That's one that, you know, um, he... Uh, is an encourager, he's a healer, all of these things that he did on the earth. So when he said leave that, sometimes we have to just, we have to adjust our schedules to fit him, what he wants to do at that moment. Sometimes uh, we were watching a movie last night and our neighbors came over and we turned the movie off and because more important was to have that connection than to watch a movie, right? Because I can turn that movie on an hour later. I mean, I can't guarantee I'm still going to be awake <laughs> after 9 o'clock. But you know what I mean? We have to make that decision. There's in the same thing with the gospel and the word of God. 
life is busy, God blesses us. He gives us children and jobs and, and provides for us. But the goal is still the same. The goal is still the same, is to go out into the world and live and preach the gospel. Not just be here. When we come here, the reason we have assembly is we're hearing the word of God. We get encouraged. It's comfortable at times because when, when we're here, no one is against the word of God here. You're usually not coming here to be against the word of God. To be like, don't you preach that? You know, people stand up that do that. We welcome them. We take the biggest guys here and they welcome them out. Um, <laughs> they welcome them to the door. Um, so, no, we come here because we know we're going to hear the truth. We know that we're going to have the opportunity to encourage each other, to connect, to hear the word of God. So, um, as I've been doing this for many, many years, uh, we used to see a lot of, alt- in the 90s was the season of altar calls. Like, every week and and you'd have the same people coming up to accept Jesus now we only need to accept Jesus one time but why do people come up multiple times because they didn't meet Jesus because when you meet Jesus you know you meet Jesus so because it's that emotion is sometimes if we don't if we come Every time things are bad, and then we come up for that altar call, like, my life is so messed up, Jesus, save me. And he's like, I already did, it's okay. You know, and then we go back, and life is good for six weeks, and then the next time we have, you know, a bad moment, we come and we run to that altar again, and, um, you know, and and we come to Jesus, and we say, hey, Lord, I, I need you again. And he's like, I'm here, I got it. But it's the in-between that we're missing. Those six weeks or six months or six years in between that God had a plan and a purpose for you every single time. Every single week. He had your answer to what you're going through was probably in the time you were, you were deciding to walk your own way. Does that ever make sense? Like the wisdom that God had for you was in the person that you hadn't seen for six months. Do you ever get really good advice and you just want to be around that person all the time? I love that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so wise. We've had people in our lives um, that it's like, I just want to get together with them all the time. Because every time they're talking, they're talking about things of God, they're encouraging me. I feel good being around them. Like, they're good to me. Yeah? You guys do? No? Yeah? Come on, encourage me. I'm not doing very good today. I can feel it. I've only got like two laughs. Come on, guys. Here we go. I'm trying. And we come up to the altar and we're like, you know, Jesus, do everything for me. And he does. But then what happens at the altar is when we turn to go back, we pick up all the stuff we gave him and we take it with us. And then we're like, why doesn't anyone care about me? Why doesn't anyone, you know, why, why, is all, why doesn't anyone focus on what's going on in my life? Why don't they know? Well, you took everything with you, and then we didn't see you for six months. Right? How many of you guys have done that? Like my sister, call, after I was sick, my sister called me, 
And she is like, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was a little crazy. And she's like, she's like, you will tell me. Here is my number, and you will make sure Matt has it. And I thought, that's right, because I have met, that's my sister I see in the summer, and she comes, and we have a relationship. And I thought, oh, man, I pulled back, and I didn't, I stepped out of that where she, you know, she's like, I'll do anything. I'll come up, take care of you. You know what I mean? So I kind of didn't even think about that because distance at time. I hadn't seen her because it's winter season. She lives, um, you know, a few hours away and has a cottage up here. So I see her all the time in the summer. It's in my, it's in my thought process. And I thought, oh man, that's on me. I pulled away from that, that relationship. And, um, and so maybe certain needs that I had didn't get met because I was not active in that. So it's, it's a give-take. Relationships are really important. That's the only reason Jesus came. That's it. That's it. He didn't come for you to have the best job. He didn't come for you to be successful. He didn't come, you know, he gave you long life. He gave you success. He gave you peace. But he did not come for any of those things. God created us to have relationship. That is the core of our lives in every single thing. Your job should be so that you can grow relationship. Where you live should be so that you can grow relationships. You know, we don't have children and be like, um, you know, you go live three houses down at the neighbor's, right? You don't give birth and be like, oh, you're not living with me. No, we want our kids there, right? Because we're like, oh, this baby, and then we get jealous when everyone comes over and you don't, you're, you're a new mom and you don't even get to hold your baby because they're all passing around. You're like, give me my child. You know, that happened to me when Layla was born. I had so much, the Lord raised her from the dead in my womb. And so I knew the peace of God was on her. When she was born, they were like, there is just something about this baby. They took my baby and said, we got to just take her everywhere around the hospital and show. Like the nurses and stuff, they were like, the peace on this child. I'm like, can I have my baby? And they're like, please let us. So they're like taking her around because the peace of the Lord was on her. I mean, when, you, when God does a miracle like that, the peace is heavy. It is thick. So I was sharing, but I'm like, Matt, please don't let him steal my baby. <laughs> you know, it's like, but that is how it should be. We should want to be together. We should want to be around each other. We should want to encourage each other. When Jesus said, follow me, you know, if we only do that when it's convenient, we're going to miss some of those things. The disciples, if they hadn't have followed him, they wouldn't have seen people being raised from the dead. Feeding 5,000. With that little bit. I mean, that, I, that is something I'd want to see. Like, what is happening? Every time you break this, it just keeps coming back. That would be pretty awesome, right? How many of you guys would like to see that? And then they're finding 12, was it 12 baskets that they like, they're like, oh man, there's so much left over after everyone ate. And, you know, they're probably like, huh? And I just like how Jesus did it. He broke it and gave them half of, less and said, now feed everybody. And he took the other piece. You're like, I don't know what's happening. But, you know, it wasn't convenient even for them. How would you like to be the person to have to go up and be like, can you give this to, like, everybody in your, in your area? There's, like, 3,000 people behind you. Make it last. You know, Jesus said, and everyone's probably thinking, I better take a real, real small piece. So they got to see things because they followed him. They followed what he was doing. I mean, they got to see the miracles. If we are following the Lord, we're going to see that. 
We've seen miracles. We've seen God do the most amazing things because we're following him. We're not just, some people only got to hear about him in the Bible. And then they showed up like the woman with the issue of blood. She hadn't seen any miracles that Jesus did, did she? But she what? Heard that he was coming. And she's like, if I just touch this man, I have, I have heard the things. And then she got to become a miracle because she was there. She was present. She didn't sit at home and say, why didn't Jesus come to my house? Why does he only go to tax collector's house that sit in trees? You know, he just likes Mary and Martha better than me. No, she went out and she said, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to be where he is, where he's speaking, where he's speaking the truth of God's word, and I'm going to go get it. And I look at that and I'm like, that's awesome. That's why Jesus gave us the church. We're the church, and that's for him, but he did it for us too, so that we wouldn't have to be. I mean, God gave Eve, you know, with Adam because he said, I don't want you to be lonely. I don't want you to walk through this even on your own. That's the way the Lord is. He's like, I'm going to give you the church because, you know what, everything that you need on this earth, I'm going to put in the, in the body of Christ, even the crazy things, because <laughs> they're going to build you some character, right? like patience. I didn't know for many years that you should never pray for patience. And one day I was like, oh, I just got to pray for patience. I was was volunteering at a women's center, and my daughter, I think it was this one, she, she was born smarter than me, and she knew it. And she was definitely born faster than me, and she knew that too. And I was just like, i got to have patience with this child because, you know what, I'll say something, and she'll, she's like four years old, that ain't in the Bible. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm a. So I was like, oh, just praying for patience. And this lady, church, she's like, no, 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 quit praying for that. I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't be praying. She's like, you pray for patience, you're going to keep getting opportunities to be patient. She said, that's what it says in the Bible. I was like, oh. She's like, pray for peace. Pray for peace over your house. I was like, I didn't know that. So I'm thinking, Lord, thank you that I went to church that day and, that, and I said that in front of that lady because, you know, if she wasn't there, I don't know how it would have ended up. Her Juana's name means lioness warrior. She has that, and that's good. That's a good thing that, that she's there. But, you know, when you're a mom and, and you're still a new mom, you know, every t- I don't care how many kids you have, every time you have a baby, you're a new mom. <laughs> because that child is not the same as your first child. You're thinking, oh, I got this down. You, you don't know anything. It's like brand new every single time. I'm sorry, you're going to have babies soon. It's going to be so easy because you live near grandparents. There you go. Thankful for the wisdom of the ages, but it's always, it's always new. So when we come together, we get that wisdom. We get that, that, um, we get that encouragement that Christ chose to give us in the body. So how we, how we get to choose how we, pre- how we present ourselves in the body. We don't want to be a limping foot. You know what I mean? How do you want to come? to be part of the body of Christ you want to be there help lifting up or are we just dragging you I had someone teach us in a church one time 
and they said, don't chase the tail. Just keep going. If the tail gets ripped off, it's their own thing. But you know what? If they stay attached, if they stay attached even a little bit, they're going where you're going. So if you keep preaching the word of God, even the people who are like, I don't want to do that, you're like, too bad, you're the tail. (laughs) Go where the word of God goes. So even the resistance will eventually come. (laughs) Or even, and not even just the resistance, even people, like if they just met the Lord and they don't have any foundation, they're going to go where the foundation is going. So as long as you're, as long as you're moving towards the things of God, you know, you're going the right direction. So we need to choose how we, how we look in that body. Like, let's not be limping around. We want to build each other up. And you guys, really, as a church, every time, every time I come here, I'm like so amazed at this body, this, even just this location of people. And we never thought when we moved to Hesperia that we would love it and we would love the people. You know, we didn't know that we would even love, that we'd have good neighbors. I thought neighbors were going to hate me because the first week I were, were moved in, I have dogs. And I didn't, I just met the neighbors, like, and the dog, so you cow farmers, I'm sorry, all you farmers. My dog runs across and is chasing their cows. I'm like, oh, no, and I can't go in there, like, because I'm not, I am not a farmer, guys. I'm not going into any pasture, and I am not going into a swamp. So it's like a swampy pasture across there, and I'm like, oh, you know, and look at my neighbor. I'm like, oh, he's going to be so mad and yell at me, and for, you know what I mean? Like, we, and, but it worked out. It worked out. I didn't know all of these things, but God's like, this is where I placed you. How are you going to show up? In Hebrews 13, 16, I love this. This is in uh, the Amplified, and it says, Do not neglect to do good. They still brought me a pie after that, an apple pie, I remember to this day. Do not neglect to do good, to contribute to the needy of the church as an expression of fellowship, for such sacrifices are always pleasing to God. I love that. To look at the church around you, you know, sometimes you have the global church where we give into things, um, situations all around the world, but our local church is like, to look at the needs of your church, what needs do you have here? Are you meeting those needs? Are we taking care of each other? And the Lord says, the expression of fellowship, like what we're doing here today, what we do before and after church, how we talk to each other, how we interact, the Lord says, I look at that and it is pleasing to me. How many of you guys like it when your kids get along? How many of you like it when they're doing like the cutest things? You know, now we got our, that's what God, when we come together and we're worshiping him, he's like, look at my children. They love me. They love each other. And they just want to share the truth of the gospel. I mean, that's a proud parent moment. And if God is our father, you know, we feel like that. Like when our kids are little and they do something like before they can read, they get out their Bible and they just maybe open it up and be like, Jesus loves me. We're like, oh my gosh, they're so smart. They know the whole, they got supernatural wisdom on them. They just love the, you're like, we're so proud of that. Like, oh my gosh, they chose to pick up the Bible and not this. You know, two seconds later, they might hit their sibling in the head with it. But, you know, in that moment, we're just like, oh yes, it's so awesome. And that's how, you know, God is with us. You know, he says, when you take care of each other, when you encourage each other, when you come together, that's really, that's pleasing to me. And I want to please God. 
Everything I have that is good comes from him. My life, everything. Why would I not want to please the Lord? So when we take care of each other and we have people that make coffee and cocoa, you know, that takes care of us in the morning. That is something that is a good thing that takes care of just in this building. I like it when I don't know how to set up any of that sound. And I like it when people that are here, Kristen, Jordan, and, and Donis, who do that. Because I can't. I can barely put my headset on myself. Matt reminds me every day. Is that, He said, you have the cord hanging in the front sometimes. Does anyone else notice that or just Matt? Tech people. Oh, I spilled water. So we want to be contributors. We want to contribute. And there's not just one way to contribute. There's lots of different ways. I want to do them all. I don't just want to give on Sunday and be like, you know, I don't have to do any volunteer work if I put a check in. <laughs> right? I have went to places like that, like, I'm paying you off. You're the servant. I'm, I'm the middleman. No, I, I want to give because I want to see what God's going to do with that. Last year with our backpack thing, he multiplied that so much that I had to send Jordan and, his, and, and Kim out and be like, go buy every backpack in this town <laughs> right now because kids are still coming and we're running out. And they did. And I'm like, get back here. You know, so they bought every backpack in the town and, you know, and school supplies. So, um, but I look and I'm like, I like seeing that. That's exciting when it's like, oh, God, you're bringing so much. And the great thing is, those backpacks don't just have stuff. We give a word of God, and we, we had extra printed off, so it was like every single child gets a word of encouragement in that bag over their life for the year. God's like, don't be missing any children. And so our giving, if, if, we, didn't, if we didn't give, we wouldn't have been able just to go out and do that. Here, here go spend $500 in five minutes. See, God does that because it's really a heart thing. You know, I like serving. I like, I, I like, I come and set up chairs because I, I actually like it now. You know, we don't, e- I don't even think about, it. it's like, yeah, let's do this. I like going and do, working things like the backpack and we give, and, and um, it was, we did food donation, helped with that. And, and it was like, this is, feels good. Because when we're serving, Jesus is, that is how Jesus is. So we feel good when we're in the presence of God. So I just love that it's like that's pleasing to God, and we want to be contributors in every way, sharing our testimonies. You know what I mean? Even if you're like, I'm actually a quiet person, that's okay. You talk to one person, that can be an encouragement for them. You might be here today to speak to one person here. You might be somebody's line to hold them up, that one person. So sometimes you're the one that is important for them. Have any of you guys ever had that? Just like you're just having the, the worst day and just one person says something or encourages you or, and you're just like, man, I needed that. Like I felt like I was going under or text or call. I do this thing ever so often where um, I just pray and, in, and if God wakes me up in the night, I pray and say, God, who do you want me to text? And so then I will text or email people that maybe I haven't seen in a long time and I just said, hey, I don't know what, what's going on, but I just, you're, I was praying and you popped in and almost every time they're like, man, I was just in my lowest point right then. And I was just like, God, do you still care about me? And then boom. So God uses, 
He uses his body because that's the way he created it. So we need to be contributors. You know, not seeing victory. Find your people, your place, and your purpose. There are certain people that God has made you to be with for seasons or lifetime. Your lifetime people. Hopefully your spouse and your children, those are your lifetime people, like, no matter what, right? <laughs> We're going to do that. That's, but, you know, but there's times that we need to find the people that God says, your giftings, their giftings are going to come together and it's going to do an amazing work. You know, for us, this is our people. I almost forgot you. You know, this is our people in our place. Like we know, like Hesperia, we're not, we're not traveling evangelists. That's not our call. Some people are. Know, know your place. Your place might be worldwide. You might be going different places all over. You might be in this town, or you might say, you know, I feel like God's calling me here. But when we find our people that God's like, these are the people you're supposed to minister, your, your giftings are going to be amplified when you partner with them. Find where, you, where God has planted you, and what happens is then the purpose begins to just unravel on its own. You begin to see your purpose because the thing is, they're also calling it out on you. Your, your people are saying, you're really good at that. This really helped me. You know, you're, you're, a, you're a helper. You're a servant. You know, you're a preacher. You're an evangelist. You know, these things that God does, we usually hear them from other believers first, don't we? Because the devil's been telling us since we've been born. He tells us, you're not this. You're never going to do this. He wants to keep you down. So God says, oh, I have an entire army of people, an entire church that's going to tell them otherwise, that's going to tell them what I'm saying. Do you see how good it is to have that purpose? Even Jesus chose disciples to minister with him. He didn't do it on his own. He could have done it on his own. Couldn't he? I mean, he's Jesus. He could have done it on his own. He could have lived 20,000 years if God wanted him to, do. right? God can do whatever he wants. But God's like, no, I want them to have freedom. I want them to be able to choose. I want them to have relationship. So even Jesus chose to minister with others, to live alongside them, to, you know, I'm thinking if I'm the son of God, I, you know, if, if the streets are paved in gold and now I'm born in a manger. <laughs> but he did. He said, no, I'm going to come with normal and I'm going to live alongside them. I'm going to ask. And he asked them for things. He said, hey, I want, will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? Jesus asked that. I mean, the Son of God is telling disciples, hey, can you pray for me? Because when you pray, my name still is powerful. So it was important. Jesus showed us that we needed each other. That You got a word? Come on. Bring it. Yes. Exactly. Come on, that's a good word. Come on. If he hadn't showed up, my husband would have stayed in the hospital because I know it was God. 
God sent them. Come on, that is exactly right. That's right, carrying through. That's good. That's exactly what we got to do the people when we realize that. That's right. Exactly. If things aren't getting done, it's not because God is not doing it. It is here. That's why it's so important to be, when we think, I want to sleep in today, it's so hard. Or I want to do, it's like, but do you know how important you are to somebody? Things like that. You know, and even the small children, um, you know, they, them being here is really important. I mean, Sometimes I see them, the little ones, when they'll come and give you a hug or things like that. It's like, that's what I needed today. So it doesn't matter age or anything. I'm talking like from newborn on, like it's super important that we come together. You know, because the church is not about, you know, what we're getting from it as much or, you know, or the worship style or the building, every, the pews, the chairs. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. The church is the people collectively preaching and living the gospel so that the lost can be found. That is really what it is. So the lost can be found, the broken can be healed, and the tormented can have, be set free and have peace. So it doesn't matter if you like the music. It doesn't matter if you like the location. It doesn't matter if, you, if the chairs are hard or soft or facing the west or facing the east or whatever they're doing. It doesn't matter if we have coffee or not. We like it. Those things are all great. But what really matters is a collective group of people coming and preaching and living the gospel. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. We come for a word of encouragement or word of knowledge or wisdom or revelation. These are our tools that we get to take with us and go out and do, you know, real work, which is every moment of our lives. We interact with someone in a store, at work, you know, in our household, with our children and our spouse, you know, all of these things, we get an opportunity to take those tools that we got and, and be the light. We need to be equipped, and to do that, Jesus equipped the disciples, and we equip, equip each other, we encourage each other, and we spur each other on to continue going. Without, what, without that, what good are we to the world? If we're coming and taking and punching our time clock and going in the rest of the week, you know, we don't interact, that we don't take that word that we got and and release it, what are we doing? If we don't have the truth in us, if we're broken and beat down, if we're lost, if we're alone, if we're secluded, how can we bring that peace and comfort of salvation to others? If someone's life is, if they're always in a bad mood and, and they're just always down and negative and, um, and things like that and they're always lost, I'm not going to go, hey, can you tell me how to, how to just have a life like yours? Probably not, right? But when we're carrying the peace and the truth and the love and the grace of Christ in us and people are like, man, I just want to be around you. We have some kids that come up from 
different places. And this one, this one kid, he's graduating this year, and he's always like, I just like being here. I just feel peace when I'm here. So I just want to come up so I can have peace being around you guys. And he came to the bonfire. And that's, I'm just like, every time, no matter what, I'm thinking, I didn't even talk to you. Just stood there for like an hour. Like, what's going on? But he's like, it's just peace being in there because you guys, you guys carry that. So sometimes you're like, I haven't even talked to this person, and, but they know you. You'd be surprised how many people that you come in contact with and you don't think they know you. I do that all the time. I, I was, when I was sick and I hadn't went, I hadn't went anywhere for six weeks really, and I went to the grocery store and the lady that was checked out, she goes, oh my gosh, where have you been? I've missed you. And I'm like thinking, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? <laughs> you know what I mean? And she called me by name and I'm thinking, what is happening? I didn't realize how many times I interacted with her that she was like, where have you been? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I, oh my gosh, now the Lord's like, you don't even know her name right now. I'm going to go there and look at her name tag today. <laughs> but I thought, and I'm thinking, wow, I didn't realize that I was carrying that light. And, and each of us do that. We don't realize, we think, oh, they don't notice us. They do, you're noticed. You know, we need each other to complete our purpose. That's what we need to do. We just need each other. You know, be there for each other. So let's pray.